Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, Natalie Jablonski, the Nonprofit Ninja, is here. I am, and I'm specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Marjorie. Today I love because we're doing a wine on one. I love wine on ones. I do too. Enjoy. And so we're doing wine on one on a day that, um, or about a topic that makes me want to drink. Yeah, it's a tough one. And, and everyone said, you know, settle in, uh, cause this is normally we're pretty upbeat. We're pretty mm-hmm. talking about exciting things. And today's something that's tough, but we're going to get through it and we're going to get through it together. So pour yourself a glass of wine and, and uh, let's let's break it open, Marjorie. Okay, so you remember when Mary Valoni was here, and we were talking about how could I not? Because she's awesome. She's amazing. And so she was talking about one of the main ways to build your team is to get them to what she said do life together. Yes. Get them involved in each other's lives. Get them knowing each other's families, things like that. And I think we all do that not only with our volunteers, but our donors, that extended nonprofit family that extends past your staff. They're not the people you see every day. Right. But, you know, they're you're connected to them. You're connected to them. Absolutely. If you stay in a nonprofit or a community, really, for more than a year or two, you're going to get to know some people. Right. And those people are going to have tragedies. That That's true. Yeah. So what happens when a volunteer or a close donor announces that they have a terrible disease, they have cancer, then it's terminal, or even worse, they pass away. What do we do? What do we do as executives? What do we do as volunteer coordinators? What's what's the right reaction? Yeah, and I think it's always so tough, too, because we all want to be connected and we want to share, and we're in a society where it's instant sharing. And mm-hmm. I would even go on the... Um, on the edge to say sometimes oversharing on social media mm-hmm. of every detail of everything. So you get into this situation and I always say, how do I share? How much do I share? And who do I share it with? Yeah. Especially when you come to, to, to Sensi- sickness and yeah, disease, and sensitivity and, like and what do they need to know? What don't they need to know? And, uh, you know, I try to let my board members know if there's something that's happened with a donor, but I ask the donor first, is it okay mm-hmm. if I share this with my board, uh, when that opportunity presents itself? Um, and it's like, what, and what do you share? And what happens if there's a funeral? Do you go to the, do you go to the visitation? Do you go to the funeral? Do you go to both? How do you present yourself? Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your take on that? Oh, so a lot of it. So I actually prefer, I'm kind of weird. I prefer to go to the full funeral, um, partly because it helps my social anxiety. There's a thing, there's a to do. So mm-hmm. it, like I can actually just go and I can sit in the back, but I know that a lot of times I get a better chance to, I, I don't want to say make my presence known, but like, Make sure that the family knows that a representative of the organization was there because most of the time, if I'm going to a funeral or a wake of a, of a volunteer or a donor, it's because that person has made a profound impact on the agency. Right. Um, do you, wear, I, do you wear your name tag? Um, I didn't, I usually don't, but now I will because you, you mentioned wearing your name tag. I do. I like yeah. to wear my name tag. I think that it's the right setting regardless because there's multiple opportunities where if you're standing in line for a period of time, mm-hmm. there's people who are walking around you, there's in front of you and back of you. And inevitably you kind of keep giving each other that oh, high, yeah. awkward, <laughs> like, like head nod, you know, like welcome to the area, but I don't know what to say to you. So yeah. now I'm just here. So it's a talking point. Mm-hmm. I, I People want to talk, but they're not sure. What to say. So they'll see my name tag and they'll say, oh, are you representing that organization? I know that the deceased was a big fan of that organization. Mm -hmm. And it just helps to make because they're awkward, too. They're feeling awkward, too. Everybody's standing in that line unless you are family that knows everybody and 
Yeah. Everybody's feeling awkward. Well, probably even family's feeling awkward. Well, and for, (laughs) for me, I've noticed a lot of times it's the first time I'm meeting that member or that part of the family. Yeah. Because the volunteer or the board member or the donor was very engaged in our organization. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I know their extended family and who everybody is. So when I walk up now, they're feeling awkward because they don't know who I am. And now they're feeling (laughs) like, Oh my goodness, should I know who this person is? And it, it, it helps to set that tone very quickly because they can look at my name tag and say, Oh, she's with that agency. She's exactly. with that organization. And it starts an instant just, I, I usually start with on behalf of our board of directors and those we serve. I want to, ex- I'm coming to extend our, our deepest sympathy for your loss kind of piece. And, uh, it's always wonderful to be able to have that touching moment, but mm-hmm. you know, not all of our individuals who are affected like this are local. Oh yeah. You have a big reach. You hit in a nonprofit where you have, you know, two or three hours away, such as mm-hmm. your organization. I know you have a big spread uh, big. of people yep. you reach. And so sometimes that's impossible. Do you send flowers when you can't be there? Cause that can get costly on an organizational budget or do you send a card yeah. or? So if it isn't a person that's made a big impact on our mission, what we'd actually do is we, um, in lieu of an underwriting announcement that we would typically play before a show. So something paid, we actually dedicate a show to that person. For about a month. So, and it, it may go longer or shorter depending on the person. And, and do you stuff. write a letter to the family letting yep. them know you did that? That's yeah. wonderful. So that's a way that we can. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. So we It's not the good. wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a way for us to go into our mission with it. Yeah. Without, um, without dipping into our pocketbooks, which I know <laughs> is not something that the donor would want. Right. In fact, a lot of times that person will say, send donations to Mind's Eye in lieu of flowers. So they would not like. They wouldn't want if you said yeah. flowers, right? Exactly. I had an, a nonprofit agency that uh, focused on a big, they had a big volunteer group, like hundreds of volunteers. Ooh, yeah. And uh, they had a great population of those who were over the age of 65 in their mm-hmm. donor database. So you can kind of put two and two together oh, yeah. where I'm going here. And they couldn't get to everything that they wanted to. And unfortunately, they would have 10 to 20 losses throughout the year. Oof. So they got into the policy. They asked me for advice and we talked about it and we ended up with a really just a very nice subtle thing. They had a local florist Mm -hmm. that would send a single yellow rose and a single bud vase with a little bit of baby's breath. And the note would say when from one friend to another, you touched our lives and something like that. And it was really beautiful because when you think of you go in to see a funeral, the lavish flowers, Mm -hmm. the big fancy plants, this big... And then here's this single yellow rose. It stands <laughs> out. And they got wonderful feedback from other people who had went and they said, Oh, I saw, I saw that you sent flowers. I saw that you sent flowers. <laughs> 9.95 is what that costs. Wow. That's not bad. Not bad at all. No. <laughs> and it was a great, it was a great win-win for the organization because the family got to see it. It was something great for the local florist because they used mm-hmm. a local florist for that. And it just made an impact. It just goes to show you don't have to do anything big and fancy to make a big deal. Yeah. The other thing that I always make sure to happen. So, you know, you've got your fam- your volunteers, but a lot of times they've got, you know, they mostly usually have family members. It's really important to us to make sure we send a card if their spouse, child, somebody in that close circle of theirs, mm-hmm. and you usually know who the close circle is, mm-hmm. um, is, is, has passed away or has experienced an extreme illness that's keeping them away from us, you know, things like that. I always figure if that donor or board member or volunteer has taken the time to tell you, mm-hmm. it's important to them. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've had nonprofits try to challenge me before at this thing. Well, we need a policy that says only if they fit one of the following <laughs> criteria 
Do we? They wanted a grid. They really did. Mm-hmm. I I love this nonprofit, but they wanted a grid that said, well, if they're in this category of people, then we send flowers. If they're this category, we send flowers, and we attend the visitation. And I'm like, guys, you can't do that. Just gotta go with your gut on these things. No I kidding, think. <laughs> right? Let's just not, you know, let's not overcomplicate this. So um, if they tell you about it, support them. Yeah, I always kind of tell myself that like. Do the, do the thing that feels the next level of uncomfortable. So to kind of push me out of my introvert Ooh. zone. Um, so like I a like card that. is, is very easy for me. Um, if I'm feeling like I should go to the visitation, but I really don't want to, I usually push myself to do it. And not that you don't want to because of them, but because, because of your I comfort just, zone yeah, of social awkwardness, right? <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the, the deceased ever. It's just usually like, I hate that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like the, you know, the, what you can do for that makes more sense. And, you know, then it, once you're there, if you feel like you need to go to the lunch and I think a lot of that depends on Play your reception your, there. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, and I think, you know, when we're talking about things that are terminal illnesses, mm-hmm. someone, you know, calls and tells you they have cancer or a volunteer stops in and says, mm-hmm. you know, I'm my, my grandson is fighting leukemia or whatever that might look like, you know, mm-hmm. if they're taking time to tell you, Mm-hmm. It's it, it's important to them. It matters to them. And so I always say right there, engage the conversation and say, would you be comfortable if I shared this with the staff or is this mm-hmm. something you want to keep private? Mm-hmm. Would you like me to share this with the other boards or is this something? You know, it's easy if a yeah. board member has a grandbaby, mm-hmm. they, they want to send a picture and they want me to send it to all the board members and they want it on the, <laughs> you know, on the bulletin board for all the staff because it's a happy time. But when they're, su- when they're, when they're suffering emotionally, yeah. physically, uh, it's uh, a different challenge. A so respecting harder. that privacy. So obviously for the nonprofits who are listening who fall under healthcare where HIPAA violations come into play, yours, you're going to have a much different reception to this on yeah. how you find out that knowledge. But for those of us who are not in healthcare, I say that some of it's just a don't overcomplicate, trust yeah. your gut. I like pushing outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Find something that works well within your mission mm-hmm. and make sure that, uh, at the, at the end of it, it's, you do it because it's the heart of it and yeah. because you want to just make sure you acknowledge them. Yeah. I'd say that the big thing that I think everybody needs to take away is it's not about you. Yes. You know, it's, and I've, I've seen, uh, nonprofit people go into a, a, a space like that thinking they're going to meet the family and this is going to be an opportunity. Like a cultivation opportunity? Yeah, this is not that. No. <laughs> so. No, please do not cultivate. During a funeral. Yeah. And so if you happen to be the person that meets people, that's fine. But yeah, you're not going to, please don't pick up donors there. <laughs> so no, I agree. And it's a tough conversation. We appreciate you all hanging on with us today. And hopefully you've gained a few nuggets and pearls of wisdom from our experiences. Absolutely. And I hope nobody has to go through that anytime soon. <laughs> I'll, I'll drink to that. Exactly. Thank you for listening to 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. He makes us sound good. And um, you can listen to Mind's Eye on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, whatever it is that you've got that you're listening to us. Go and subscribe. Leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Um, let us know how you would handle a situation like this. You can find Mind's Eye, or you can find 501 Crossroads on Facebook. Um, Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.